are now tuning into the Carefree Black Girl podcast, where we discuss everything Carefree Black and Girl. Hey, ladies. Hey, girls. So, y'all, before we get into the conversation, the good stuff, make sure y'all take a second and subscribe. That's the most important thing that we need. Subscribe to, to us if you are using iTunes on the podcast. Wherever you are listening to the Carefree Black Girl podcast, make sure to subscribe. Hashtag, you can even Google it, Carefree Black Girl podcast. Um, definitely follow us on Instagram, Carefree Black Girl underscore Inc. And CFBG pod on Twitter. Yes, if you have any questions for us, any ideas, if you want to hear us talk about anything, email us, carefreeblackgirlpodcast at gmail.com all right now let's get back into the conversation let's do this baby hello hi brie how are you i'm okay how are y'all doing we good what are you up to we have brie Um, on the line guys i've been reading i feel like literally this is what i do every day i go to the gym i go to class i teach my class i read and then go all over again like nothing changes it's the same you teach a class? Yeah, I'm like a teaching assistant, so I hold like a discussion section. Oh, what do you talk about? Nah, this is really interesting. So, you do everything. So it's an intro to social class. The lecturer is interesting. He makes them read like mad books. So we basically talk about like theories in sociology and like how in my class, I always try to talk about current events because I feel like it's harder to understand a concept if you don't know like a, an example of it. So we be talk we talk about Trump every week. I swear because he's what he always given us something to talk about. Um, sometimes we talk about like race. We talk about race in terms of politics. Sometimes sometimes we talk about race in terms of like what goes on. Like I know I saw a tweet the other day from Planned Parenthood, and it was basically insinuating that like black women. Um, should be cautious about having children or like kind of like reintroducing eugenics into things like kind of controlling a black woman's body. So we talked about that. We'd be talking about whatever the class want to talk about, honestly. It's crazy because I just feel like I've been getting super pressured into having kids lately. Like it's just so annoying. Okay. Well, my week was pretty cool. I'll tell you guys like the stories later, but I really want to introduce our guest for the day, Shan. What's up? What's up, everybody? How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Um, so just give the people a little bit about like what you do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so my name is Shan. I'm a 25-year-old youth worker out of New York City in Newark, New Jersey. Um, I basically manage after-school programs for high school-age girls and gender nonconforming folks. So prior to we started, you was just like you wanted to be referred to as they or like Shan. So mm-hmm. why? Yeah, yeah. Those are my gender pronouns, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I think, you know, it's really important that we not make assumptions about how folks identify. So I personally um, don't look at gender as kind of like this either or thing. To me, it's mm-hmm. both and. So, you know, there are elements of me that are, you know, very womanlike and elements of me that are, you know, um, you know, very yes. manlike, right? So mm-hmm. I think... Uh, you know, operating from this place of abundance, you know, regarding gender is where I like to situate myself. So, yeah, I think in layman's terms, I would just be non-binary, right? Okay. So someone who does not identify completely as either, you know, a dude or a woman. So how do you, like, it's so funny because, like, I'm not, well, not being ignorant or whatever, but I honestly just don't understand. So that's why I think it's so cool that you're here because I'm like, I'm thinking of myself, right? And I'm like, or I feel like a 
woman. And mm-hmm. I know, and or like, I know my brother is gay. And, you know, he just is weird because I've never heard no one say like, oh, don't come, you know, don't call me a, a man or like, if but I, I think see you look like I, a girl, like I'm going to automatically assume. It's just weird. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know what's the lines to draw. It's just like. I mean, that's just how we were socialized, right? Like, you know, I just, I have a, a new baby nephew. His name is uh, Wayne, and he is three years old, just turned three. Right. And he had the nerve to tell me, uh, like, a couple weeks ago, oh, like, that show's for girls. This right. show's for boys. So as young as three, we're telling children that certain things are coded as, you know, having a gender. So oh, this wow. is deeply, deeply embedded, I think, in kind of like our psyche. So even for me, like, you know, being someone who is non-binary, there are still elements of those gender expectations and those gender roles that are still embedded in me, right? And, like, we have to unlearn that stuff. I get that. So I get the whole point of not, like, assuming certain things. Like, yeah, certain shows can be, I get that part. But as far as, like, addressing a person, like, even though, like, even if I was, like, to say, like, a a gay girl, I would still be a girl. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't. So I used to have the same kind of like um, difficulties in the beginning, right. of like you know, educating myself on what it meant to be non-binary and why folks identify that way. Right. And I think the easiest thing to do is to separate sexual orientation and gender. Okay, They're different things. So you don't always have to think of it as like, oh, if such and such, if their sexual orientation is that they're is that they're gay, then they must have like feminine properties, which is why they want to be identified as a woman. It doesn't have to be that way. Like sexual orientation is totally different from like how people identify um, with their with gender pronouns. Yeah. So those two different things being so different, they, they can kind of like help you understand that like someone can be ident- someone can identify as straight as their sexual orientation, but then also be like um, non-binary when it comes to gender. Because of what Sean was saying, they don't necessarily um, attribute the gender norms or gender types to the way they live their life. Yeah, and I think a way just to complicate that a bit, too, is, you know, along with separating gender and sexual orientation, I showed you that genderbred person, also separating gender expression into Mm. that as well. Because I think that's what really trips people up. They're like, yo, but you look like a insert right. here right right but it can't be about what you look like it's about how you feel how so you you're feel. separate so you kind of take away taking away that person's agency by being like yo but you look like this why do you identify as that gotcha right? they're separate is that okay. something that have you always been big on like gender pronouns or is that something that you've ident- tried to like identify within the past few yeah, years Yeah, that's a really good question i think for me it's just been about educating myself and really gaining the language to describe how i feel Right. So like, I mean, I can remember as like earliest 14, um, you know, Googling the word transgender and like watching videos on YouTube, you know, about different people's, you know, transition stories in their lives and what they're doing and things like that. Um, So, no, like before I was 13, I wasn't calling myself trans. I didn't have the language. I was like, oh, I like girls. I'm a lesbian. Um, But yeah, all that changes. I continue to get like, you know, more information about how we can be. There definitely are different stages. We know. Um, but we always say we definitely can be taught a little bit more. Even um, there's complications and confusions with, say, women, um, but people that are undergoing surgery or mm-hmm. haven't undergone it or yeah. planning to, like, what should we refer? Mm-hmm. 
some people are more comfortable. Some people get offended. You know, it's just yeah, it's, it's a very it's a touchy, touchy subject. subject yeah. Right. And I think we, we think everyone's journey is the same. So you're not going to there's no right way to be trans. Right. There's no right way to transition. Not everybody gets hormone replacement therapy. Right. And like takes those medical steps to actually, you know, transition um, physically. Right. Some people are like, yo, I'm just going to, you know, just do me right now. And if people have a hard time seeing me as me, I'm going to deal with that. But other people, they like, they can't handle that. So they have, you know, what's known as top surgery. Um, this is for folks who were assigned female at birth um, and identify as men. And that's just removal of your breasts, contoured to a male chest, right? Um, some people get bottom surgery. Some people take the hormones. It's, you know, it's not it's like not one set, one yeah. set story. The um, Playboy, I don't remember if we spoke about this last time, but Playboy just had their first trans, trans on the cover of their magazine. Did you guys see it? I didn't. I, I heard of it, but I didn't actually see the actual cover. Yeah, I haven't seen the cover yet. Yeah, yeah, I'm see, she actually. Well, see, because well, I would assume that that person on the cover wants to be referred to as a she, but she looked really good. Right. I must say. Um, Do you guys think that was put in place before Hugh Hefner died or after? Because it happened shortly after it's he happened died. Like, Isn't that the first person on mm. on Playboy? Oh, who was the, do you know the first person? Do you know? Yeah, because I, I think they were saying like, oh, no, Playboy's Yeah, they were first. saying that was the, the first transgender cover. Person that was the on the cover. cover. No, it is the first cover, but not the first trans woman to be featured in Playboy. Mm. Oh, okay. okay. But that's still a big thing, though, that you know, is. being on the cover. And obviously that was going to bring up huge discussion. Um, I don't really know, to me, what will have been the significance with Hugh being dead or alive. Because, you know, he he has this, like, misogynistic kind of, like... Like, as if he wouldn't have been with it, like... Yeah. But I feel like Playboy has always been, like, kind of, like, that publication that pushed the edge, right? And, right. like, you know, they published essays, controversial essays that I think people tend to forget about because of the images, right? So I'm wondering, like, maybe Hugh was a little, uh, a little more radical than we think. Right. So for our listeners that don't know, I'll just give a brief little recap on what's been going on with this whole justice for jazzy situation which i am just totally disgusted by i think it's crazy so at the university of hartford which is in connecticut there was like an 18 year old white girl who was just recently arrested weeks later after um she had a black roommate and after her roommate moved out she made a post on instagram vocalizing that she was harassing this girl um well, some of the things she it was just gross. She like rubbed bloody tampons on her book bag. It was like poisoning her food, her spitting in her coconut oil, just all type oh, of craziness. And my, no, yeah, I would have lost it. The girl didn't know until she moved out. I guess she was saying she was getting sick for this whole time, but she didn't know what was going on. She didn't know until 
somebody brought to her attention that this girl made a face, an Instagram post basically being like, yeah, I did it. I got her to move out. And so now, um, obviously it's gone viral and social media is just basically like, um, university of Hartford, you know, this is your chance to speak up. What are y'all going to do about it? I'm not, I'm not even going to hold y'all like this story really. Like I always said, like if a rat, runs across me or touches my body anyway like y'all gonna have to really ins- like y'all gonna Yo, have to ins- like cause the- I'm going to have a meltdown if like, a- <laughs> my skin I need new skin like I can't so imagine that girl doing that I need a whole new I need a whole body. new body yeah. like just keep my head keep my head because I like my hair, I like my face, and just put my head on another body. The fact I just that cannot, the main thing cannot. she said was like her throat. She said she her she was having such a bad throat um ache she kept oh. going to the doctor they they couldn't find the cause but they were saying it's a bad bacteria of some Ugh. sort and to know you know and to know that she specifically said like i put her toothbrush where the sun I, don't shine i put that is my period I, what Yo, nah sis come outside yeah so the good news is that a uh, homegirl who did all that trifling shit got expelled and she also As got a couple should. yeah she got a couple more charges added to her uh her, her list of charges, one's like intimidation, right, based on race, which is, I mean, in my opinion, a step below hate, hate crime, right? So. No. Mm-mm. So what about the ass whipping? Where does that come into play? Right. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, you put your you put your period blood on me, sis, come outside on some Cardi B. She got to get her cousins. <laughs> like, ran down on that bitch twice. Yo, my mom. Whatever. My mom, she works at i don't know if this agency is like just a local thing upstate or is it nationwide but it's hillside children's agency and they kind of deal with like um mental health kids and all different type of mental health and bad issues different whatever but she used to tell me all these stories growing up she always worked there my whole life and i remember one time she told me about a boy and he like no actually a girl obviously she took a bloody tampon and was like it was a over. It was like a home, a group home. So she took her bloody tampon and was with wiping it all over the walls of the agency, like telling the staff to get the hell away from her, because you know they they could restrain these kids. So she basically using her tampon as like a weapon, like get away from me, like that is foul. But me- mental health though is serious. Yeah, and mental health is really serious. That's why I go to therapy once I, a week. I don't think. I don't think any. I don't think anything's wrong with this white girl. Nothing is wrong with her. She yeah, that's different. And to be evil, right? Yeah, she called and her Jamaican is, Barbie, like that Jamaican Barbie. And no, but we're, no, I honestly, hate. but I think the thing is, for me, I'm kind of glad that it hasn't gotten physical because, to be honest, if I was her, I would sue her family. Fuck the university. Your family needs to pay me all that they have. I don't like. There needs to be like consequences beyond like her getting her ass beat. And I honestly think the fact that like Jasmine, the fact that she wasn't violent or wasn't physical, is helping her case. Like this, I don't even saw like the framing around the way the the media is doing it. Like they're actually using this white girl's mugshot, which if you know, that's like really even rare for the media to do. So I think the fact that um. Jasmine hasn't gotten physical as like has really helped her. And I feel like even if she was to sue like afterwards for like suffering, sue for her medical bills that she had to pay for, because she was saying in like her long um Facebook 
live video that she had to pay out of pocket to go see those doctors. Like they didn't like on in the campus clinic at her university is expensive. She was saying so she needs someone needs to pay her for that, and they need to pay her for the time that she's missing now dealing with all the stress on top of trying to finish right. the semester. Like I'm glad I I feel like there's going to be more that comes of it. Even if this girl goes to jail, she's gonna sue her family too. I hope so. I think she. You know how they they have the lotto. You know money for the rest of your life every week that's what she needs from that family and the college like pay me a thousand dollars every friday i need that she needs an honorary degree like she doesn't even need to finish the rest they should just give it to her now like that's just crazy just like i but guys i have to tell y'all about my story oh i have to tell y'all about my story my weekend recap no i gotta tell you about my week recap so Wednesday, I went, um, I got a new sponsor for the Ivy show. So I like, um, we had hung out, we did a like little interview and then we went to this showcase out in Brooklyn. Now it's like three o'clock in the morning. I'm on my way home. I have to pee so bad. Now I live like in an apartment, like house. So it's like three floors, three different families. We live on the second floor. The first door is never really locked like this. And my pee, when I tell you is right there, like it was right. I could not stop. Anyways. I'm, I, I dropped my whole purse, like, <laughs> in the lobby. Well, not lobby, but the first floor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still a private home. It's not a building with a 1,000 families. It's three of us. Now, I never realized that I dropped my purse because I took my keys out when I got out the cab, and I'm I'm running to the door. I open the door. Cool. So the next day, I'm getting dressed. Like, I'm ready to walk out the door, and I'm like, where the hell is my bag? Like, I'm looking under. Like, I'm looking in my closet. I'm, like, tearing my room up, like, now I'm starting to think there's a ghost. I'm like, oh, my God, Halloween just, and y'all know I be high. So at this time, I was definitely high, and I'm thinking there's a ghost. So I start praying, like, God, bro, there's some shit in here that's taking my stuff. Like, this happened in Amsterdam. They took my brush, now they're taking my purse. Like, I'm going crazy. So I go to my, like, I go to my dad's girlfriend, and I'm like, have you seen my bag? And she's like, I saw a bag this morning on the floor outside, like, well, like downstairs, but I didn't know who bag was it, so I left it. Blue Mons, like, sis. So, anyways, one of the families took my bag, right? Now, I go, once she said that, I go to the families, I'm like, oh, anybody saw my bag? Nobody saw the bag. Everybody's like, oh, no, we never seen saw the bag. I, I. So, I like, we called the super, like, can you check the cameras? Then the the family upstairs was like, oh, my son found the bag. He brought it upstairs. We didn't know who bag it was. Um, I'm bringing it to you. So I get my bag back without my Sam's card, <laughs> without my headphones, without – it was my headphones and my oil. Like, the only thing they left in my bag was my lipstick. Um, my <laughs> lipstick <laughs> – <laughs> what kind of oil sis? it was the my body oil but i don't know how to react in this situation because i just feel like i got robbed but i don't know like i'm not a violent person so you got your bag same, back and you didn't do nothing but i got my bag back but i didn't really do nothing but at the same time i just feel like i need to be more aware like how did i i wasn't high i wasn't sober like, i mean i wasn't drunk like how did i just leave my whole bag outside and not even think to ch- i wasn't tired like Shit like that, I'm like, what is on my mind that, like, I'm so distracted? And this happens to me on the regular. Like, I will leave my keys in the door or, like, random stuff. Like, it's just, like, I don't know. It just made me be more aware of, like, what I do. Have so. you ever meditated? 
No, I never meditated. Yeah, like I think oh. like mindfulness is what helped me. I'm a very forgetful person. When I started meditating, memory got better. So what's ways? Because I've always heard like ways to meditate, or I like heard of the like actual. Yeah, you, you can know, do, idea, you can do but... guided medica- meditation. But what what's like the foundation? Because what I'm picturing is somebody sitting with their like their legs crossed. Nah, nah. so it's all about like sen- like keeping yourself rooted. Okay. So like making sure your feet are like on the ground, right? You're comfortable, and it's not that you're like actively trying not to think. Mm-hmm. It's that you're just making space, like you're you're thinking those things and then letting those things like leave. Typically, we think those things and they go over and over in our heads, right? We're kind of like, you know thinking about those things constantly right but when you're meditating the idea is to think about them and be like all right that's cool and then just let them let it let it flow and it's kind of like a fluid thing is is that like a discipline thing because like i can't i can't picture myself thinking about something and say all right let it go i'll be holding on to that we do it at my job we do it at my job it helps yeah but i also feel like with meditation you have to kind of like um give yourself time to grow So when I first started meditating, like, I would try to, like, use all these apps. And, like, most of the apps still have, like, 15 minutes. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, okay. And then I realized, like, in the beginning, you cannot start with large increments of time. Because you start getting restless, it it becomes to be counterproductive. So it's, like, something you have to, like, kind of train your brain to do. So in the beginning, just start with, like, three minutes of sitting somewhere and sitting still. And then once you do it for three minutes, then, like, try five, then try eight, then try 12. You see what I'm trying to say? Like, it's kind of, yeah, you have to be patient with yourself, though, because it is something that, because I'm I'm similar to what y'all are saying, like, I have a tendency to be really wrapped up in my thoughts and always thinking something, um, regardless of, like, focusing on, like, the now and the present. So meditating has really helped me do that. But, like, it's something that it's really easy to get frustrated with if you, like, have too high of expectations for yourself in the beginning. So just make sure, like, you're balancing out, like, how long you think you're going to meditate and make sure it's, like, realistic. Did y'all ever meditate in health class? I'd never had a health class. Oh, damn. Yeah, like, I had gym, but, like, not in, well, not in high school, like. Yeah, I, mean, I, I went like, to, like, a really, really good school and, um throughout high school like in health class I just always have took that practice well I don't really practice it now but I always remember meditating like we would have you know how it was always different um courses different subjects throughout the year whatever but one of the topics would be like meditation and we would just come to class they would put on the little soothing tunes I was always trying to figure out a way to sleep and meditate so I can, you know, sleep, but tell people See, I'm you meditating. have. I guess you have to find to like, a reason, like why <laughs> a purpose for why you're doing it. Yeah, and like because I need sleep, but I need space to think. So know what should nah, that's, that's and it. then I'm gonna be the first carefree black girl to create that space where you can just sleep and think, and that's meditation. Like, I think that's very somebody. Somebody got to be, you know, got to take charge. I got you guys. I'm gonna find it. Find the way. Now, let me stop being funny. I'm going to take life serious. I'm really, no, and I'm also going to, yo, I don't take life, I take life serious, but I really feel like I just be finessing my way through life. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just the art no, of finesse. No, I take life serious. But what about, do anybody practice yoga? Shan or Brie, are y'all into that? Because I know, yeah, um, Ivy, you don't do yoga. Yeah, Bro. I do a little yoga. 
How is that? So I, I want to do all of that. I want to have better habits. No, this is like kind of the conversation that I wanted to have with y'all. But I mean, I I, I feel like because I only talk to y'all when we record, which right. really sucks. But um, because this is something that I think is going to be really great for working on like your 2018 goals in 2017. Right. Like I just started my yoga routine and I'll be 100 percent honest. This shit is hard. So like. You see people do yoga and like, they, well, for me, like a lot of people that are plant-based or vegan, they practice yoga also. So on their like plant-based or vegan Instagram accounts, they'll have photos of them practicing yoga. And I'm like, yo, like I really need to get into that just because like I have such a high stressful job and I'm really trying to find like a better work-life balance, like not coming home every day and being so stressed out or like, cause I gave up alcohol. Mm. So like, that's a different thing. Like finding ways to like, ease my anxiety and my stress by like not drinking wine um so that's a whole you, other story you ever tried marijuana i mean i live in california i have a medical <laughs> card because that, that's so usually I, usually the, the way to go sis but i tried no but i even try to limit myself with that because okay. you'll be you'll like that's why like with my yoga and kind of wellness routine like i'm starting to realize that like it's all about like starting slow but you have to start somewhere mm. so i just started like yoga i actually do it on youtube um and i'll be like i said it's hard but it's been really really beneficial it's like holding myself accountable to like finding a new way to like stretch my body while also like you know working on like my mind and like because sometimes you I don't know if I'm the only one but I'd be so stressed out yo I'd be forgetting to breathe I swear oh, I forget to you. breathe that's I yep. feel you on that I want it and that's what yoga has helped me with yoga really teaches you how to train your breath and sometimes like when I be getting too stressed out I leave my office I sit down for three minutes and I sit and meditate and it completely changes like the way that I breathe because I'd be forgetting to breathe. That's how stressed I'd be. No, me too. I hold my breath all the time, but I, I just I, wanted to say a, a few random things, but how we talking about like doing yoga and how it's something we've been right. thinking about doing for a while. That's something that is like definitely for the new year and a goal for um, us and for our listeners, I should say that like these things that we've been saying we want to do for a long time, like actually do it. doing it and putting these things into play and setting some type of goals and order for your life and taking care of your body. It's important and like to do it. Even people that like want to go to the gym and I want to work on my weight or just start getting healthier. Like the how you do it is to do it. Right, just that's why I'm ta like even with the no meat and like eating meat. Like I really didn't eat meat this week, guys. Like I'm so proud of myself. Yes, like, congratulations. Because I was always that girl. Like what? Like I need chicken. I need this. Like the other night, I made spaghetti for the house and I did not eat anything. Like I just kind of, I still, I had like my pasta and sauce, but I made mine separate before mixing everything. And I'm like, wow, like I'm really sticking to this like i could have easily been like well i'm gonna eat the spaghetti but i'm like no yeah it's some meal. like Doesn't create, it, feel good? It, it, it feels yeah. so good i wish like you said i'm starting small because first i was trying to give up dairy and all of that but yes yeah, yeah i have to transition to that create the life for yourself that you right. want so the no <laughs> meat thing has it. and honestly I, it hasn't like i haven't missed it like i thought that i was gonna be dying like the first two days I was really hungry. I'm not going to front. But 
after like the third day of me like just kind of like all right well you know you're not gonna eat meat so stop like stressing over being hungry over it like I just been eating a lot of like salads without without the meat um oatmeal every morning um drinking a lot of water when I'm and I notice like, even when I be like hungry if I drink water I'm usually fine yeah like, water is key it's key um so yeah I've been eating mad cheese I'm not gonna front cheese and crack has been my thing <laughs> like I just been I got this Amsterdam cheese which I be high so it tastes good now and I just like just be having my little knife my little granny crackers, I be going to work. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh the other my gosh. thing I wanted to say was um, so kind of how we just like talking about breathing and stuff. So I don't want to call the lady. I don't know exactly what to call her. I would say something in the like holistic realm, okay. um, like an energy reader, healer type. Um, she kind of gave me like a reading. She was doing other people and they actually were like into accidents or had back surgeries. And I haven't had surgery or anything, but I just was like, oh, could you just give me like a general reading? So she just kind of had me like stretch my arms out. And I was like, um, I'll be having like digestive, just telling her a little bit about what be going on with me. And she was reading me and she was like circulation is a big thing for you um she was like you don't your heart don't beat like have you ever she was like your mind body and soul is not all one. one so she was like when your heart beats sometimes it don't always go with like a steady pattern it jumps around like it might beat and then skip a few times and then go again. So like she your was, body is not in sync with your mind. And yeah. Soul. And she was telling me how ginger, ginger? is super important. Ginger. ginger, eating ginger. She was like ginger every day and research like circulation enzymes. So all of this stuff is like how I've been talking about just like with my diet and taking care of myself. Like it's super duper important for me. Just like staying on like fire as business and entrepreneur and all of that like it's it's important but i'm kind of like taking a break from that and worrying about myself right now should I assume it's me? Sweet disposition, switching position, talking submission. Should I assume it's a weekend thing? Boy, you can get ass all week, dropping that ass. Just think about me, think about me, and it sound good. What's the difference if it sound good? Um, all right, so Shan, tell us more about your personal journey and the connection that it has with the work that you do. Yeah, I think for me it starts when I was like 14 and like feeling really misunderstood and uh, I think not having people around that look like me um, and kind of feeling like, um, I don't know, like I couldn't really talk about real things with the people that I was hanging out with. Um, and so I think when I got to college and, I, you know, I started to, you know, branch out more and like build community with people who were queer, who were black, um, and who were trans, I was like, oh, this is this is that good shit. Like, this is what I've been missing. I was going to say, what did you mean when you said I'm about, what did you mean when you said about people not like you? Yeah. As far as. Yeah. So um, I went to high school in Jacksonville, Florida. 
Okay. Um, shout out to Nine Oh Four. Shout out to the Gates. <laughs> my family. My mother. My mother's from Bradenton. Okay. So yeah, I spent a lot of time there. But um, yeah. So Jacksonville, Florida, on the west side of Jacksonville, I went to Edward H. White High School. Um, very white, like conservative, kind of hicky type of place. Okay. Um, you know, obviously there were there were black folks. Um, but I think I think there weren't like you know. I, I feel like there weren't any queer people. Um, I know now that that's not true, but at the time it felt like I was the only one. Okay. Um, so I think, yeah, just being bombarded with, like, you know, rebel flags or Confederate flags and, you know, lots of uh, that violent imagery, KKK, um, skipping around the backyard. Okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know if – let me know if it's too personal. You don't have to answer or uh-huh. not. But um, did you know, like, at that age, was 14, was was that the turning point age for you? And was it more of you feeling like you were identifying with a different sex? Or was it um, what you were sexually attracted to? Was, yeah. Like, or I, was it both? Yeah. So for me, 14, it was like, it was both, right? Because... I think it was a time for self-discovery, like for most teenagers, when you when you hit high school, it's lots of self-discovery. So I really was exploring um, my gender at that time. Um, but I was also like, you know, coming out and like, you know, definitely noticing that I had to, uh, you know, make it known <laughs> that I was queer if I wanted to like date somebody or like if I wanted to meet people who, who felt the same way as me that I had to put myself out there. Um, so I think it was that time when I was like, okay, I've, I've been real with myself, but now I got to be real with other people. So that's and like telling my friends. Okay. Was it, um, do you think that any of your surrounding environment had anything to do with it? Or right. was it just like a feeling you woke up one day or, you know, cause some people were like, you wasn't is, born like oh, this. No, this is real. Whatever. Yeah, this if is you real want me to really use. take it back, I don't know. I know how far y'all wanted me to take it back. But Girl, when I, let us when I was five years old. Um, there was a neighborhood, uh, girl, her name was Shirley and she was my best friend and, um, her mom, and I have like bits and pieces of this story, which is really funny. And I'm like, wow, why did I black this out? Then the more I remember, I'm like, oh yeah. So her mom found us playing football in the backyard, but we weren't really playing football cause one, we didn't have a football. Mm. Um, and we were just taking turns tackling each other. Okay. So she would tackle me. She would chill for a bit. We would get up. I would tackle her. We would chill for a bit. Very sexual. Um, <laughs> like, very clearly, like, you know, some weird shit going on with two right. uh, little kids. And her mom walks out. And her mom's watching us. And, like, I f- at my periphery, I, f- like, felt mom watching us. But didn't, at that point, have any shame associated with what I was doing. Okay. So we kept doing it right wow. in front of her. Um, so, yeah. She started shouting and screaming. She was like, take your ass home. Like, take your ass up the street, like, you nasty little girl, like, all this stuff. Like, it was really trippy. And I ran all the way home, got to my bed, like, started crying my eyes out. Okay. And, yeah. And then, I don't know if this has an answer to the question or is it kind of just, like, a natural occurrence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, kind of, you're saying from that very young age, so that was, like, the attraction to other women, I guess, now... The difference between a gay, um, a girl who is attracted to other girls, but who stays, you know, feminine and a girl like the femmes or like who identify as women, but just like women. Right. right, Or, you know, the woman. What's the other word? Because I don't want to use like studs. 
Oh, oh, wait. So are you no, saying like, am I a le- like, would I identify as a lesbian? Well, no, yeah, but just kind of like shed light on the how, names. N- well, yeah. all the terms. Shed light on the names and also asking how did that yeah. like, come about? Play, was that right? a, like, like, did you decide? So like, I'm going to still be a fee, you know, I'm going to still be yeah. feminine or does it just come about like? Yeah, I think, and I mentioned this earlier, I think it came with me learning the language to define who I was. So I think at that time, like in those, you know, pre-college years, I was definitely very much, um, I was Shan and I knew I liked girls, right? That's what I knew. When I got older, I was like, yo, I don't just like girls. Like I'm actually attracted to to people who aren't boys and who aren't girls, right? Like I think that's really sexy. So I think I think really I think getting more knowledge and information. So I identify as queer. I don't think I've said that. So mm-hmm. I don't identify as a lesbian. I'm queer, um, and it's not just like a political term. I know a lot of people are like, "Oh, I'm queer," mm-hmm. um, because you know I believe in you know smashing <laughs> the patriarchy. Um, but like I only date cis dudes, <laughs> so like um. I don't know what all that says. But um, no, I'm queer, uh, and you know my queerness is political. But it's also like you know very very queered and trans um, and not normative. Okay. If that if that makes sense. Okay, because. Okay. I have a question. Um, well, like I like I had a little sister. So my mom, she she's I guess gay. Well, yeah, she's gay. Yeah. She's dated women, um, but she also dated men. So growing up, my mom never dressed like she dressed girly, but it was because I made her dress girly. It was like, mom, you're embarrassing me. Like you're dressing like a boy, and I didn't mm. notice that. Um, as a young kid, I was like kind of like already putting this. You know, like, bind on my mom. Like, you have to wear... She started wearing lipstick because of me. Mm. Like, she literally would not come... Like, it was to a point where, like, when I got to, like, maybe third grade, fourth grade, I started vocally saying, like, don't come to my school unless, like, you look... I would say pretty. And my mom, she didn't... She would look and she just... And and then she just, like... She's like, you don't think I'm pretty? So I'm like, no, mom, but you don't look like the other moms. Like, you dress boyish. Like, I want you to dress like a girly girl. And then she started doing it for me. But now I see with my sister. My sister is so tomboyish. Like, and I'm just trying to figure out, like, what's, like, I don't know. Like, it's just weird. I'm just like, you know, like, mom, like, what was it with me that I was, like, super, she's, like, the only, you know, my, she's the only woman I know. So I want to know, like, what's different between me and my sister. My sister's really awesome. Like, she, we can't get her to get in a skirt for nothing. Like, she's the only girl on her football team at school. Like, she she makes she made the basketball team when football season ended. She doesn't like to get her hair done. Like it kind of like irks me a little bit because it's just like this is my little sister. I want to do stuff that I like to do that I had to do with my cousins because I didn't have an older sister and my mom wasn't really into the things that I was into. Like she wasn't into the makeup and she wasn't into all of that. So I want to know how does that like affect. Like, someone growing up, like, like mm-hmm. you know, like, I don't know where mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I have a question for y'all. Yes. Um, do you feel, do you feel that when you can't, like, identify someone or, like, if you can't look at somebody and be like, yo, that's a man or that's a woman, um, does that make you upset or does it make you frustrated? No. It doesn't make me upset, but I, I do get confused because, well, confusion, no, maybe. Matter of fact, I'm going to be honest, it's a little frustration because it's just like, oh my God, what, so what are you? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds that's like frustration. So, but it doesn't like, it doesn't like, it doesn't bother me where it's just like, you have to, but it's just, to me, it's just like, oh my God, like, I don't know, like, so I'm going to be honest and I know like, this is a, a, like a no judgment space, but it's just, 
that's what it is. It's, I'm not mad. It's just like, bro, like, okay, well, you look like a girl to me. So, how, how, like, what, Brie, is, what about you? Yeah, what about you, Bree? Um, for me, it doesn't really bother me, but I will say that I think that has a lot to do with me being politicized in college. Okay. Because growing up, my parents are totally different. Like, my, my, I have like, uh, family members that are gay and family members that are, um, I, I, to be honest, they don't identify as trans, mm-hmm. but they cross-dress. Mm-hmm. So, like, I have family members like that, and, like, I would just hear conversations or, like, snickering, like, oh, like, why would he show up in a dress that's so embarrassing? Mm-hmm. So, like, during my younger years of life, I was exposed to, like, okay, if you see someone you can't identify their gender, um, you need to get frustrated. But mm-hmm. once I got college I started to realize like oh like this isn't even real like that doesn't change the way that I should feel towards a person one day they want to dress feminine and one day they want to dress masculine but I think like younger on in life it might have frustrated me but now where I am just because of like you know the things that I've kind of like educated myself on or like the people that I've had conversations with um it doesn't bother me at all right I think now that I'm well, yeah, it definitely doesn't bother me, but it was, like, a frustration because it's something that I really didn't get education on. Because, like, my mom, like I said, I feel like she was still trying to figure out her own self, like, why am I like this, things like that. So now we're able to have, like, these conversations, me and my mom and just even me and my brother. And I think it's, like, education is really key. Yeah, you asked anything. you asked earlier about, like, how it affected, right. like, people. Right. And I think just to speak on that, it's people who, like, are being watched or okay. observed are like also very observant right so take for instance your like your young sister right so i think we really downplay how big those moments are when we're like yo what are you wearing or like mm-hmm. why aren't you dressed this way mm-hmm. right but those moments for someone who's feeling watched and observed and probably not comfortable to begin with are really really significant mm-hmm. and i think it's really important to name this um is that it builds shame mm-hmm. it builds shame in like yourself Right. Mm. Um, regardless of if that person is up coming out as trans or, right. you know, dressing androgynously or whatever, they, they could just, you know, start wearing dresses and whatever. But that shame like is carried and it really does impact, you know, how folks lead their lives. So I think yeah. we That's, should definitely be way more mindful. Did of- y'all see Frank Ocean's mm. and his um, birthday picture, like how he celebrated his birthday? He was in like some rhinestone, very shiny pants. He's perfect. And he is. He is. But. It was like he had this um, bright, oh, kind of like the color of my sweater I'm wearing yeah. today. But it was a t-shirt and the very shiny pants. And it was kinda, glitter because he's, yeah. he's a glitter boy. That's what he calls himself. But the thing is, is that that was influenced, like the whole theme of his party. Paris is burning. Exactly. From Paris is burning, which is a documentary about black gay culture. Mm. And Ty- yeah, I couldn't believe even Tyler was there. This dude who people who exactly. people are like, this dude's a homophobe. Um, but you know, we got, I got love for Tyler. But even he was there. It's really interesting seeing like you know black boys being joyful and giggling and voguing. Yeah, but even like so when those pictures came out, people. The main thing people were saying was this was the first time we've Mm -hmm. seen him kind of like this. You know, we've always seen him with just like a T-shirt and Mm -hmm. some jeans or a T-shirt. Never as like flamboyant or as loud. He 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 did. He did. It was it was like a different side of him. And I kind of felt like just how you said it was shame, you know, and people 
even just coming out period it always takes people longer but it mm-hmm. could always be you know just people watching or him he probably had that outfit for a long time you know what I mean <laughs> just and just waiting for like dang Thank what God. day when am I gonna wake up and feel comfortable enough to wear it I don't know I don't know if he's a country singer or what type of music he does but his name is Teddy Geiger um he is he's a white guy he's a singer but he's from Pittsburgh, upstate New York, mm-hmm. and he went to, like, my high school. I, I remember he came and did a performance, and, like, he's a big star now. But I seen an article the other day that he's just came out that he's transitioning. And I guess how he did it was, I guess now his, like, selfies were probably looking a little more feminine. And somebody commented mm-hmm. and was like, hey, why are your... Um, why have you been looking so different lately? And I guess he replied and was just like, "Hey, well, since you asked so nice, um, since you asked so nicely, I'll go ahead and tell you and kind of, you know, let his fans know what was going on." And I guess people were very receptive and open um, to him and made it easy for him. But even that, I'm just like, it's shame, you know. And who knows how long mm-hmm. he was going through that, or even for somebody to be like, "Dang, I know you was." gonna end up like that or whatever and then you could like well dang i just hold on i just felt comfortable coming out and now you you know beating me on the head about it again he's really perfect you're looking at frank ocean (laughs) yes like i love these looks you know i know that there's all this sexual harassment sexual harassment things happening in like hollywood and like the music industry but i think this is a really rich time for like artists to be out and queer and really not giving a fuck because there are so many out artists right now. Yeah. Like, so many. Like, not to put anyone on blast, but, like, Kehlani, like, right. is, like, out. You know, we have friends. Isn't, um, no, I don't want to. Oh, yeah, I guess it's, are, are they out? Because you don't want to be out people. Yeah, I don't want to out people. Because <laughs> there, there's, there's some things that the, the culture knows, mm. but not everybody needs to know. But... Wow, we love them because it's not even about it. to me. At the end of the day, I think this is why. Like, even though I may be frustrated and not the know, yeah, yeah. but I don't care because it doesn't take from who they are as a person. Like, right, and representation matters exactly. It really does. And it's just like you know, I had to grow up. Like, I I still like have to defend like my brother in certain you know in certain spaces and defend my mom. I don't want to be that person. Like, that's why I'm like now. Like, yeah, I need to know this shit because yeah. when people come for them, I need to you know have because it really doesn't take away from who they are they're people like and I don't know like it's just I do know I gotta stop saying I don't know but that's the only thing like I think that's one of my personal 2018 goals is just to become more of the no like just educate myself on things that was a taboo growing up and just like things that I secretly wonder and you know that's the thing to just have better conversations Mm -hmm. Yes, it's we closing out 2018. So, Shan, like, what sways, or just ladies, like, what sways y'all closing out this year and preparing for, like, 2018? Yeah, I think I'm trying to maybe uh, solidify some more habits. 
like working out, going to the gym. I know we uh, talked a bit about that earlier, but right. it's a struggle for me getting into a consistent schedule. Um, so I think if I get into that habit before the end of the year, that's something I'm trying to trying to do. Right. Um, I'm also just thinking about like professionally um, working on a very large program that's coming up next summer. So it's just a lot of like planning and like intricate planning. So I don't know if y'all heard of like a passion planner or anything, but okay. yeah. Yeah, Brie does it. it yeah. Right, Brie, aren't you yeah. that? Yes. Yeah, I'm a brand ambassador for She's them. A brand ambassador. So with, having followers, uh, feel free to use my code. But yeah, no, like Passion Planner that ass changed my life. I be sounding like so extra when I talk about it, but this will be my third one. That Wow. And That's Yeah, exciting. and honestly, like everything that I write down, it might not happen when I want it to happen, and mm-hmm. I feel like that's because like God in the universe obviously has their own things going on for me, but everything I write down, it eventually happens. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I need to write down. I will marry Okay. You know what? <laughs> I will. <laughs> it won't happen now, but it will happen. <laughs> Bree just certified it. Thank you, Bree. I'm going to cop a passion planner today. <laughs> I am no serious. So, Oshane, like, all right, you do. I know you was talking about um the leadership skills, and well, no, we didn't get into it. Like you teaching about yeah. No, I briefly skills. mentioned um the summer program right. um that I'm working um on for my my job, and uh, my job is I work at Sadie Nash Leadership Project. Um, okay. so we just provide after school programming to uh, young women in New Jersey. I'm in Newark and in New York City. Right. Uh So it's um, very social justice based. Um, You know, we go at all of our, you know, leadership building um, skills through a feminist framework. So I think that's what really separates from a lot of people. I think we have really tough conversations with our young people, um, but really give them the agency to, you know, come to their own opinions and uh, make decisions and, you know, become decision makers. Right. How did you get into all of this? (laughs) That's a good question. It feels like it's always been in me, but I think when I got, like, politicized in college is when I was like, yo, I need to be working with people, (laughs) right? Like, I think I realized the importance of, like, community. So, like, on campus, I was just involved in, like, a lot of activist groups, and, you know, I think I got politicized there, and then, um, you know, interned at this young women's organization and was like, yo, this is one way to do activism, Mm. right? Like, just having conversations with, like, young women about gender, power, you know, identity, and, right, and privilege it's it, it, it's really really gratifying I, um like i was telling you i go i volunteer um and attend sludge group which is like this like nonprofit. i've been going since i was in ninth grade and mm. i was a mentee and then i grew and became like a mentor at 21 but i still feel like i'm still a mentee because mm-hmm. it's just like i'm connecting with the youngers we're all learning from each other as well as the older women in our group and like we sit in a circle and we have those tough yeah. conversations as black women. Like it's very intergenerational. It's, and it's like, just, I love that. I I know. And it's just like, you know, oh I like I learned not to call older people older people. Like I always now try to say seasoned because that's mm, what they like. I love that. You know, like I you know, I don't like to call like a woman old. I'm like, you know, you're seasoned and they like I feel like we definitely should talk to our elders because they know a lot and you know, the wisdom like did Gregory they said, right? Like, the wisdom really dies with them. So we should, like, kind of just cling to them. Not for the answers, but just, just for, like, insight. The reflection. The reflection. And just so we can do things like, you know, like, just whole activism. And activism isn't always giving money. I think activism is a lot in teaching. Like, because I feel like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, I donated to this. 
But it's different when you're like actually in the field with these, with the next generation and teaching them. That's why I really love your journey because, you know, you started as a participant. You were someone who received the, you know, fruits and the benefits of this program. Um, And then there were opportunities for you to like flourish, right? And rise up in the program, become like, you know, someone again who made decisions, you know, a decision maker. And I think, yeah, a lot of the young women at our program, you know, they're like on staff, some some of them, right? Uh, right? They're interning, like they're really taking that leadership track and like. What's some it. of the hardest like conversations you had to have, like Ooh. with the that's, younger girls? That's a good question. I think for me, it's when I see myself reflected in mm. the young people. Like that shit is terrifying <laughs> to like see younger you oh. and be like, damn, I was I, I was really angry. Or, I was I, I was really wildin'. But um, just like a specific example, I remember there was this one young woman. This was like three years ago when I was an intern, actually. We called them deans. Um, but I was a dean, and uh, one of my young people, they were just like, yo, my parents kicked me out. And I was like, yo, what? Like freaking out, right? They were just like, well, I told them I was a lesbian. Meanwhile, her partner was also in the program, right? So partners in the program, um, you know, dropping hints that something's going on at, at, at her girlfriend's house. But she comes to me, and she tells me she's been kicked out. And I was like low-key frozen because it was really triggering for me like that Mm. come and I was like three years ago my my father had just passed I never got to tell him anything about like how I identify and so I was just like damn this is bringing up a lot for me so I really struggled in like in helping her and like really guiding her in that conversation about like next steps um, luckily, I had like a team around me to support me but I think that was so tough because it was so personal Mm. and I was like damn like, I feel you, yeah. and I'm in that pit with you, sis. I'm in that pit with you. Right. That's crazy. But, not crazy, but um, you was talking about how you guys also do um, this, what's it called? The guideline, I think? Oh, Just yeah, Just for, like, yeah. conversations. Yeah, to, like, set the space. Set the space. Because, like, I think that's important. And if you want to just share with our listeners... Just certain, like, just little things that we can say when we're going into conversations mm-hmm. that's not going to be taken offensive. Yeah, and I think it's not just for the people who, like, potentially could be offended, right, or feel oppressed in the space. It's also for those people who maybe belong to, like, a dominant culture, right, who who may show up in that space in, like, a harmful way. It's for everybody. Um, But we call them community guidelines. Some people call them, like, um, safe space rules or safe space guidelines. Um, It can be whatever. It doesn't have to have a name at all. But uh, just, like, you know, an example of one would be and this is one that I think we all agreed on earlier before before we started, is to um, challenge the idea, not the person. Okay. And I think that one's, like, really rooted in this idea that, yeah, like, sometimes people have, like, harmful beliefs, right, that really impact us. Um, but where's this belief coming from? And really, like, letting this person be, like, a person who's flawed as opposed to someone who's, like, disposable and, like, you know, we can't have a conversation at all, right, mm-hmm. and cutting yourself off from growth. And so I, I really like that one. Well, you know, it's crazy because that, I mean, that can be applied in so many different spaces. Like, it should not be, even right? just because I'm, I'm, with you saying that, like, I don't argue with people, but I'm quick to cut people off that. Like, mm-hmm. just, yeah. Just, being and that goes for, like, friends, anything. I was like, going to say, with, for, I have friends that just will not let you have an opinion or just will prance so hard on you. But it's like, girl, we could all be open minded. Right. It's okay to disagree. Right, but and not even that, or just allowing them to just—it's just accepting them. Yeah, like, like it's okay to disagree. I feel you, but yeah. you feel me too. And right. we have that's a hard that. time with that. Yeah, we have a hard time with that. I wonder why. 
because that's really been, I think, my question of the year. Why? Like, not what am I doing, but why am I doing these things? And, like, why is it a habit? And where did I get this habit from? Like, that's really been, like, my journey this year, the why I do things. Because, you know, it's a lot of things that we do as people that we don't see as hurtful or just, like, stunting our own growth. Like, just even not being mindful to research topics. Like, that's in our own growth and like you know cutting off our own yeah. like sometimes i just look at it as everybody is a different people aren't mm-hmm. gonna look at things the same um that's human nature people gonna be different have different personalities like i just take it as you either learn to accept the person deal with them or don't like my my friend that does it doesn't let me have an opinion or she always right I just feel like look I could either continue to be her friend or not be her friend but this is her like I can't change her because people are different mm. yeah, that's a good point to keep in mind though because I feel like people like don't keep that in mind when they're like challenging people or like getting frustrated with friends that have certain like um I guess styles of approaching confrontation or just styles of doing things when I moved to California okay so obviously I've traveled um, I've been to a, a bunch of states. I left the country, all that good stuff. But what I realized is that so many people, and I'm one of the people, like I'm talking about myself, we're really influenced by the space that we've been in for such a long amount of time. Like, I didn't realize how East Coast I was until I moved to the West Coast, if that makes sense. And I think it's allowed me to be more patient and understanding with folks about certain things and certain issues because like where you are and just like your physical space and like what you've grown up around really, really shapes the way that you one deal with these kinds of conversations or to your perspective. Like I try to tell people all the time, like I basically lived, I moved to a farm town. So moving from New Brunswick, New Jersey to a farm town and like seeing the way people live and the way people think it's, it's allowed me to be more patient. I feel like with kind of like not cutting people off and trying to figure out why they feel that way and like what's the root behind it rather than just saying like, oh, you're a trash person and you're canceled. Because I feel like we have too much of a tendency to do that. No, seriously, that's that's what I do. You're a trash person, you're canceled. That's really it. Like, it's, Right, but it's, it's okay if you want to cancel a person, that's your right. decision. But. Like, it's just, but it's also like sometimes it's better to like hear someone out. So you can understand why there's like the why to me is just super important. Exactly. Like the why. Like me and my dad had a really tough conversation. Like, um, Shan. So my dad, he's Puerto Rican. He's mm-hmm. this he's very Americanized 'cause it, but at the same time as far as like at like the the roles, gender roles, yeah, I wanna say. Machismo. Like he's very like strict to that Puerto Rican, like women are supposed to cook, women are supposed to clean, like Women take care of the house. Women take care of the man, and the man takes care of the, you know, like everything else. So it's weird because I'm that person that challenges all of that for him. Like he has to tell me, like you know, Ivy, get up, <laughs> wash this bowl. Like all right, I'll, you know, not being just not even being messy, but just on some like I'm not cleaning up after you. Like when my brothers and his friends are there, I'm not serving y'all drinks. Yeah, I was just about to ask like, if you had siblings because I really I have three older brothers. Heightens the <laughs> three older brothers <laughs> that are like, well, it's weird because my my brother that's gay, like he's not like them, but he is just in a weird way. Like not in a weird way, but just in a different way. Like he's not macho and. 
I don't know how to explain it without, like, I don't know the right terms to say, but, like, my oldest brother and the one right before me, they're very much like my dad in, in terms of thinking. You get what I'm saying? Like, in terms of, like, the woman does this. Like, just how they even just move and, like... Mm-hmm. So, anyway, we had this really tough conversation, and I was trying to figure out why he's the way he is. Like, instead of getting mad and saying, I'm not doing that, Dad. Like, I'm not I'm not that girl that's going to clean up. At, like, yeah. I don't have a boyfriend because... You challenged the idea. Yeah, right. I challenged the idea, and it just made me, like, it's not even... He's not really a bad person. And I before, I used to be like, yo, you're just trash. Like, don't talk to me. Like, you know, like, that's how I died. Like, not necessarily that coming out, but that's how the dialogue, like, would go is... He would say something, I would challenge it, and then just kind of be like, you're annoying, you're, like, you're you're wrong, I'm not, like, I'm not dealing with you, like, I'm, oh, we're not going to have this, but with this conversation, it was just like, okay, wait, but you know what, you're, I'm just going to accept you for you, because it's not your fault, like, you grew up, this is how you were raised, this is why you think like that, but at the same time, you have to understand that I'm not going to do those things, like, and yeah, our, a lot of men felt like that though. And our like relationship has been much better after that because he doesn't he doesn't make me so mad anymore. Like when he does things, it's just on some like this is just not who he is, but it's just what he knows and just what he was taught. So I can't really like I you know I can't like blame him mm-hmm. on it. Like I, I still make him accountable because it's it's difference from making a person accountable and blaming them. But um, I do feel like you really need those conversations to figure out okay. Let me stop thinking that you're a bad person and just understand why you think Or, this like, way. stop, like, assuming that they can just guess why you're mad. Right. Right? Like, but that's... We give, our, we give, like, older folks, especially older folks in our family, like, a really hard time. But I remember there was just, like, you know, so long in my life that I was just really resentful mm-hmm. towards people being like, yo, put on this dress, you know, do this, do this girly stuff, do this girly stuff. But I was like, did I ever even voice up that, like, I was not feeling this? And why? I was just mad. I was just, just like, mad. I was just mad. And like, no. <laughs> we never had a conversation about it with him. And I think that's so important to do because, like, we'll be mad and really, like, carry this mad for years. Yes. And they'll shape us, like, in the, you know, like, I've noticed a lot of things that I was mad at at 16 that I've never said I was mad at. Like, now it, I can see why I, like, react in certain ways and just, like, why I'm just on some, I'm cutting somebody off rather than, because I never spoke up and was like, I don't like it. It's just, yeah. I'm going to cut you off because I I know I don't like it, but you don't, you know, it's just weird. Yeah, you know what helped me a lot? You mentioned this earlier, and I really want to applaud you, um, but therapy. Oh, Like, going to therapy is so, so rewarding, and I think for me that's what helped me get over that anger Mm -hmm. that, like, I had not only for, you know, people in my life who made me feel some type of way, right, for some shit that I didn't even express, I didn't have the language, right, to express it, but also myself, being mad at myself for not saying something or not articulating myself in, like, the right way or articulating why I was mad. So I think it's hard to forgive yourself, but, you know, we all got to do it. We we definitely have to do that. Um, I don't think we should stay mad. So that's why, like, part of me not being mad no more is going to therapy. Because my therapist, really, like, that's really a, un, like, it's not biased. Like, they kind of just, sh- like, she really showed me how to, like, not react. Like, basically process what's what my feelings and then respond. Like, respond and not react is, like, she was kind of teaching me the two different things. Like, when someone immediately makes you mad, it's just, like, before I would just react and I would do hurtful things mm-hmm. back instead of just like being like, okay, I feel mad. Why do I feel mad? Because they hurt my feelings, but they hurt my feelings because they don't know. It just helped. It just kind of broke it down and slowed me down as far as just being super impulsive. Like, 
That's how I always tell people, therapy is nothing wrong. You don't have to have a traumatic life story to go to therapy. Like, but it's just really a... It's a taboo, but, like, my mom, she's been in therapy my entire life. Like, find a good therapist. For me, it would be to, I guess, get me out of, like, my stubborn ways. Mm -hmm. And, like, my way of thinking how I was just raised and break me out of that. I think sometimes it hinders me and just even like overthinking. Like I'm a very carefree spirit, but also very analytical and always overthinking. And that could be the Virgo in me, but (laughs) (laughs) I think, but you know, what's crazy. There's a lot of free therapy in the city. Um, I know my church has, they created um, basically a free mental health center. So, where it's in Harlem, um, I can't think of the name right now, but I will definitely have the information for everyone in the description box. I think we should put it in. Um, But it's basically, they offer free mental health services to the community. And you go and whether you get therapy, anything you need, like they deal with all different types of mental health and educate the community on mental health. You know, and I think that's pretty dope. And I think black people... It is a taboo, but I, I appreciate my mom for always going to therapy and then instilling in me that it's okay, like, to go to therapy. Like, this is a space for you to be a better person. It's self-reflect. Cause, because we're always on the go in New York, we never really do take that chance to sit back and be like, okay, like, you know, really reflect on ourselves to be a better person. And therapy is that space where it's they kind of help you create the best life. They give you the tools for you to, like, live, you know? Yeah, another good, good I'm resource. I'm here being real sad about this conversation because I've been struggling to find a therapist. Like, I, I was in therapy back home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because of where I live, y'all. Like, honestly, and then I just don't feel comfortable. Like, okay, I've had a white woman therapist. I prefer a black woman. So, like, I guess there's, like, a hierarchy of, like, who I prefer. Mm-hmm. My ultimate, like, the went all would be a black woman. But I can't find any that are, like, within an hour and 30 minutes drive there's, so then i'm sorry Bri, there's an like there's actually oh my gosh i wish i would have known because there's like um a app that you can find a therapist not in your town is it psychology today maybe it's i don't know but it's a black owned it's it's, uh, it's a black owned it's a oh, black really? business yes i'm gonna give you the information um i heard it actually on the friend zone podcast um, it's like even though it you know the therapist you could do over phone over the phone sessions but it links oh, wow. you with, like, black, you know, therapists. Yes, because that's what I need, man. I be out here. I told y'all I'd be the only black person. I'd be so sick. It's good to to deal with people um, who are open minded and you know are receptive to our questions. Thank you for yes. that because I know even with us like having friends sometimes that are like maybe gay or identify differently, we could like they could be a close close friend. You done ate twenty meals with and you still kind of 
feel sometimes uncomfortable asking certain mm-hmm. questions about like maybe how sex is done or what they got going on like yeah. with so yeah, that's just, why right so i think listeners if you have a question that you're not comfortable asking and you want us to ask the questions or just like just definitely email us at carefreeblackgirlpodcast at gmail.com just so like we want to have more of these conversations create more of these spaces for a better tomorrow and a safer tomorrow so definitely email us any questions you have and I'm asking this based off of like your own lived experience and then also like the experiences that you've dealt with in the workplace. What do you think are ways in which people can create safer spaces for trans folk or um, non-gender conforming folk, mm-hmm. especially like as we try to move towards more black liberation? Like what are ways that we can um, keep them in the conversation, but not do so where we're like speaking about mm-hmm. microaggression or like doing so um, in a negative way. Yeah, I think what's most important that a lot of people fail to realize, um, and I myself is like, I'm a part of this grouping that I'm talking about. It's like college educated folks um, and their, uh, I think, need to use, uh, you know, academic language and, you know, in their, in their theorizing and in talking about these issues that um, affect um, trans um, women of color and women. Um, so I think just using accessible language is key. Okay. That's like number one. So, you know, don't be coming up in there with like some cis heteropatriarchy <laughs> conversation <laughs> with somebody who may not, um, you know, their entry point to this, this issue may not be through academia. Um, so that's just something that I've observed in my work with um, young people, but also like in going to conferences. That's like one of my biggest critiques of like conferences it's just like all this heavy language that I think doesn't really resonate with a lot of people who um you know are the primary (laughs) um folks being affected by that issue um another thing is probably like hmm maybe like centering the most marginalized folks right within the trans community so I think you know you see a lot of conversation especially when you talk about like uh, the bathroom bills and I don't are y'all aware of the bathroom bills? Yes. Yeah. Okay, oh, yeah. So I have my like definitely get into that. Yeah, just I mean it's just harmful legislation that um works to uh you know target trans people um when they're trying to use the bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. So requiring people to show documentation of their gender uh to enter a bathroom or to provide proof of your gender. Um, you know, all under the guise of public safety, right? So stopping the rapist who goes into the bathroom, which doesn't happen. That's, that's a myth. (laughs) Um, so not that people, you know, Mm. assaulting people in bathrooms are a myth, but the idea that trans people assault, um, Mm. women in the bathrooms is not true. But, um, yeah, so I think like centering, uh, folks who are left out of the conversation. So like black trans women who are getting like murdered, um, you know, pretty much what feels like every day now. Um, there was a young woman actually out of, out of Iowa who was, uh, murdered a few months back um and she her and her family just got justice um for that murder so she was kidnapped um and murdered by these two guys um you know for being trans so she was targeted wow. it's really that reminds me I, of I was this movie s- i saw on lifetime a couple of years ago it's the pattern of is it gwen Tr- yes yeah so gwen yeah so gwen um was a young latina woman who was also um murdered um and viol- violently assaulted um when she was a teenager yeah, they made a lifetime uh, movie about her her situation, her life. Right. 
Um, is the pattern like for most of the trans crimes? Is it mostly hate crimes or is it one hundred percent? That's cr- it's like, and it's not just mostly hate crimes, right? Like it's it's mostly hate crimes, but more specifically, it's men feeling tricked. It's men feeling like oh, their masculinity okay. Okay. has been challenged, um, and you know, yeah. So it's 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 that violent, makes sense. violent, so it's like toxic it's not a coincidence mm-hmm. that yeah. And you actually see a lot of, um, there's a lot of trans men who are actually in prison, I mean, and trans women who are in prison for defending themselves against these crimes. So Kai Peterson, who is currently serving um, a very long sentence, he's, I think, like four years into it, he was arrested um, for, for murder while he was being attacked and defending himself, right? So very similar to CeCe McDonald who um, is free now, but was also arrested for defending herself in, um, against a hate crime against with Nazis. That's crazy. crazy. That's serious, and that's definitely not an issue. It's like we hear about... It's a, it's a pattern, yeah. You know, hate crimes, but we don't know the severity because I don't... It's... In the, LGB, it's, a tr- it's, it's known about and we talk about it, but... Yeah, and the teen I mentioned earlier not, yeah. out, of, out of Iowa, her name is uh, Candace Johnson... I don't think I mentioned that earlier. Out of where? Iowa? Yeah, the, her case, Iowa, I believe. But, I'm going to really look all of these things up. Yeah, but I know we were we were being uplifting, right, and talking about, like, you know, how to create spaces. Right. Um, you know, that can really challenge um, all of this violence, right, all of, all of this toxic masculinity and create safe spaces for trans people. Um, so I think centering those stories, like the ones we've, we've been talking about, right, mm-hmm. um, are really important. And it's really important to not forget um, that these folks lived fulfilling, amazing, rich lives um, before they were taken away from us. So I think like speaking their names are really important um, and like, you know, really, really reflecting on their lives and not just their death. There's a lot of like postmortem trans, you know, narratives out there. There's a lot of them. Okay, well, thank you for coming by on our show. Well, thank our you show. so much for having well, this me. Is, is this a show? <laughs> like, yes. I'm so used to saying show. <laughs> thank you for coming by and talking with us today. You definitely did expand, like, yes. help me really, like, sort thank through a lot of things. Thank you again for answering with an open mind. And this is something that we've been personal. really having, like, our conversations on, like, really wanting to know more, so... We hope that you guys out there got just as much information and just as, like, just satisfied with knowing and willing to know more and learn more and just teach as well, like we have. Yes. Thank you. This is, look at Brie on the line for the entire episode. Oh, right. That's how you know this conversation was supposed to happen. Like, what? I know. (laughs) (laughs) We had a little... But now we got little glitches, but we worked it out. We worked it out. But we have Friendsgiving coming up. That is the day before Thanksgiving, which is the 22nd. It's, what's the place called? I know it's in the city. It's at, okay. So we have Friendsgiving coming up the day before Thanksgiving, which is going to be that Wednesday, the 22nd, at Spins NYC in the city. Definitely pop out one time. Um... Don't, yes, toy definitely for donate toy a drive. toy for the toy drive. Um, can they bring free. food? It's definitely free. Oh, so it's free? Okay, listen, guys, this is the important things. Bring the toy. Why? Because it's free and it's free food and it's black people around each other, loving each other. And it's right before the holidays where we're really going to go in with the food. So definitely come out, pop out one time. 
we're gonna yes, be in the building spend some time black with the carefree girls, black girls hosted by dope girl dope girl dialect which shout out to those girls i love them it's the network's anniversary. This black-owned network, so that's Indie dope Creative too. Network. Indie Creative Shout Network. Shout out to Indie Creative Network. Yeah, so pop out. It's So, Shan, where can the people find you and keep up with your movement? Yeah, so um, if you want to learn more about Sadie Nash Leadership Project, you can check us out at sadienash.org. Um, and if you want to reach out to me specifically, if you're having any questions um, about anything that uh, I brought up today, um, you can find me at Lil Kim Trail on all uh, social media platforms. That's L-I-L-C-H-E-M-T-R-A-I-L. That's dope. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, this is Daj. You can follow my Instagram at everything NY. Shan, I didn't even tell you I'm a wardrobe stylist. That's what I do. So um, anybody looking to be styled, you can hit me up. And you guys can find me Ivy Like Blue on all social mediums. No E. Definitely check out the um, playlist I just dropped. It's called What Ivy Likes. Um, it's just basically music I heard in October that I really enjoyed. Check that out. Definitely check out the Ivy Show. Definitely send your music to Ivy Music. I appreciate all the support. I have a free holiday ebook coming. It should be released within the next two weeks. Um, with full of holiday recipes that you could create on a plant-based diet. Um, to get more about that, just follow at Where She Begins on Twitter or at Plant Face Bree on Instagram. Bree is my carefree black girl of the week. I adore her. She out there and learn, like you getting your your PhD, you creating these books, cooking while being vegan. Like if that's not black girl magic, I don't know what is, bro. Shout oh out to well, you. thank you. Hello, you met Jocelyn Hernandez. Yo, I was sent everybody, everybody that I know. I sent them a screenshot. I was like, hey, yo, look, my co-host on a podcast. I was like, they had Jocelyn, and they were like, oh wow. I was like, yeah, see, told y'all we legit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can definitely follow the podcast on Twitter at CFBG Pod. You can follow us on Instagram at carefreeblacker underscore inc. Definitely check out our website, and that's where you'll find everything Carefree Black Girl at carefreeblackgirl.com. But we're going to spell the G, I mean the girl, G R L dot com. Yes, and follow the hashtag carefree black girl to keep up with the conversation and subscribe guys subscribe to the podcast that's subscribe. number one subscribe